Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio with author Michael Brent Collings, Woo! and of course Whoa. our special guest host, which is Scott Silver of the Ghostbusters of Salt Lake. Yo! <laughs> yes. Which one's Scott? Wait. Which one's Scott? This me. And then which one's Michael? Uh, the one with the sexy voice. Okay, so not everybody knows. Yes. Now I'm kidding. I sound voice. nothing like that. <laughs> like now hearing you, a Wolverine purr. You're like, now, now you don't know where he's coming from, right? Yeah. Well, uh, see, the show has had an upgrade. We got a new logo. Yeah, we did. I got more geeky and nerdier because I now have braces. Your logo actually makes you sound better. I don't know how that works. Really? But. Hey. Well, that's all thanks to, uh, to Jared. He, uh, <laughs> he revamped our logo to make it look all nice and sexy. That and, is what I do. Yeah. Fan frickin' tastic. Yes. So, and then, of course, he's been doing all the cool video editing. The video's been thrown out. So, Are you guys recording me right now? Lonely life. What was that? All right, am I live on air? Like, are you seeing me right now? Because usually it's only the FBI that activates my webcam remotely. Yes. Everyone gets uh, the, everyone is hearing you. I don't see you. I just see a picture. Oh, so. okay, good. I didn't want to be seen. That's the thing, because I have no he chance. He did not put his He's makeup on today. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you and I have that. We already right know now. that Michael Brent works his day job in underwear. That's it. Es correcto. Wow. That was, that was for your yeah. grandma. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Grandma will appreciate that. <laughs> so sorry, Grandma. You know, I get to go to I get to go to work in my PJs. He goes to work in his underwear. We all know. You know, it's all how you're comfortable. Some days it's just me, two marshmallows, and a set of Twizzlers. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Good job hiring. <laughs> <laughs> the pay is lousy, but the benefits are fabulous. Yes, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. We all have different artistic examiners. Yes, we all do. Yeah, whatever. Gets the creative juice, you know. I, I, I've talked to several authors, and some uh, I know one author that she does not write unless she has a giant bucket of uh, red vines in front of her. And uh, you know, that's his most point. of us prefer to have those without uh, tons of nerds around us everywhere. Yes, we got a yeah. stormtrooper in Revan staring at us, which and is, now Red Bull. Yes, Red Bull. <laughs> Darth Vader is about to Red Bull. Yeah, we all have our own vices. Yes, we do. So, so how is the writing going? Because you've kind of taken a detour from the normal style or genre that you write for. It's going really good. I um, 
I was, uh, I know what you're alluding to, but I have to tell you what happened today. So today I wrote, I went through one of my screenplays scene by scene and wrote detailed scene notes on it for a director. And then at 8.30, when I was finished with that, I read a 300-page book and outlined a movie so I could have a pitch meeting with a bunch of producers. It was like the most, it is, it, it's been really nice continuing to work in this field and do what I love to do without pants on, with pants on. I don't, you know, I don't judge. But it, I'll tell you, there's some days where you're just like, can I do something easy like, you know, digging ditches with my tongue? So it was, it's been a, it, it's been really nice, but it's definitely, it gets more hectic the more stuff you get involved in. So. Yeah, no, I totally feel you there. <laughs> like, is, there an, is there an assembly line? somewhere hiring right <laughs> seriously just we seriously. Don't out and just do simple it seems like I, the cooler we've gotten the more work we've ended up having to do it's yeah it's funny how they have oh he's so rich and famous overnight success yeah it only took like 20 years and yeah. i am i'm in <laughs> yeah. the hospital with three shattered vertebrae and a broken heart so and that is why one hit wonders are so sad michael seriously can you, can you do us a favor and just just get, just get really wasted one night and pump <laughs> out like a five minute like short like short film screen Screenplay and send it to us to like produce. <laughs> like that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, probably okay, so, not all about poop like last time. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask though, like you guys have had me on a couple times. Dan's had me on, had me on a bunch. Yeah. And thinking about the way I am normally, do you really want to see wasted me? Yes. Because I don't. <laughs> yes. I think that would be a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. This might be the YouTube sensation we've been waiting for. All I can right. say. <laughs> <laughs> is our our live show at Comic Con was so amazing that everyone said they had fun that they actually are rec- they people requested us come back so we went oh, to get Michael Brent hey. back on there. You want to come play with us at Comic Con? I mean, literally, we had a packed room and people were. Laughing the whole time. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. fun. That was fun. You know, it's well, you know, how old you get, poop is always funny, right? Oh, and farts. I don't. Know. There is a sad twelve-year-old little boy hiding in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, how many, how many people were watching Despicable Me, and when he pulls the trigger on that gun, and you hear the fart and the dark cloud, dude, up, did you not laugh? It's Comedy funny. gold. Comedy yeah. gold. No, I said dot gun, not <laughs> fart gun. I will admit, we have that toy at my house. <laughs> I'm ashamed of you, Scott. I'm ashamed of you. Yeah. Right now. No, no. If I had it, I would fire it right now. Right now. I want a part. Man. <laughs> you, you, I wish I had one because there's like you know you're you're following along somebody in the mall and you know it's them, right? Oh, yeah. you're, you're you're following a trail and it's this person and there's nothing you can do. I mean, like dusting. Yeah, it's not it's not cool to do. And you like you there's that party that just wants to run up and punch him in the back of the head as hard as you can and then right. just bolt the other direction. But the cops don't like that. So, like, yeah, fart can be rad. I mean, you could amp it up to, like, South American diarrhea level and shoot it right at the person and go, this is what following you is like. Love it's it. Bad. I like being that person. I was going to say, the worst thing is when you're in an elevator. It's you and another guy. Oh, and they oh, let one rip, and the then they person. look at you like, like is that you? Is that you? <laughs> is that you? Like, Seriously? <laughs> Here's what you do is when you're in an elevator with a lot of people and somebody does it, whether it's you or not, just stand there for like a five beat count and then very slowly raise your hand as high as you can. And just wait until everybody else off. Like, never say what it means. Just raise your hand and let their minds percolate. 
Have you guys seen that video, the prank video on YouTube, where the guy runs into the elevator, packed full of people, he's holding his butt, he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. He starts hammering the buttons on the elevator, and then slowly you hear just this enormous just excerpt. <laughs> and everyone's like fleeing to the other side of the elevator, nowhere to go, and they're all awesome. hammering the buttons too, like, get us out of here! Awesome. Dude, see what I do to your show. Michael yeah, Brent no, Collins, well, bringing the quality really, really to radio. I've been listening to your show for like show. six months like solidly, and the two times I've heard you guys talk about poop and farts, Michael's yeah. been, uh, <laughs> See, well, hey, no, no, we talked about it when we were talking about the, the Deadpool uh, sign. And and when we were talking about Michael. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's perfect. You know, it's not about they doing are. lots of things well. It's about finding one or two things, preferably a number two thing, that you do well and sticking I, with it. I don't know. I just feel like I'm in a proctor. Apologies, Elvis, every time we start a show with you. <laughs> well, that's just because I like wearing a rubber glove on my hand. Right. Uh, well, all I can say, that, no, a proctology <laughs> exam, that's not fun. This show is fun. That's true. But if he was giving the proctology Yeah, right. Exam, if, you, you're going to the, if you're not having fun at your proctological checkups, you're not doing it right. You know what? You know, I'll have to remember that. Next time. Never mind, Brett. Or we, we, we got our short film now. We're good. <laughs> there it is, right there. Michael Brett... As a proctologist. That's right. We'll call it Aw Snap. It's time to go for the golden baby. That's right. Solid gold babies. You know it. All right. So seriously, I'll return. I'll revert to more boring stuff and and answer the real the real answer to your question that you asked like 20 minutes ago was. So if anyone wants to hot in the microwave or something right now, like this is the moment. Right, right. As you see, we made full circle. We did. everybody. You know, as long as you come back around to what's important, you can make as many poop jokes as you want. Yes. <laughs> and that's the, that's the, what we learned today. That's, that's how I've taught my children. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm actually I just released a uh, uh, an epic young adult fantasy. So this one I actually did hand to my mom, and I was like, "Read this, mom. You'll like it." Hardly anybody dies gruesomely. I mean, it's still me, so some people do, but it's but it, but it's magical. So like, it's a unicorn skewering them instead of an axe mort murderer. Love it. And they turn into a butterfly and float away. Heck love to it. the yeah, because yeah. it's young adult. I love the cabin in the woods scene with that too. Like I <laughs> love that kind of horror. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, this isn't that book. That's normally no, no. his book, but this isn't that book. No, no, it's no. It's, I can it, probably read and keep the lights on. It's actually, it's fun. It's about a, uh, a girl who is raised. It, it, it takes place in this kingdom called Ansborn, which is literally all on the top of five mountains. So there's these five mountains that are connected by huge sky bridges and there's a cloud cover below it and nobody is allowed to pass below the cloud cover and they've lived up here for a thousand years. So it's this ancient kingdom and it's got specific ways that they survive above the clouds. And if anybody ever tries to go down below the the clouds, they find that person's body on a pike by the castle wall the next day. So it's not just forbidden, it's impossible and what they have in this in this kingdom or this empire there are arenas where children are raised to fight and it's not um it's not a uh, hunger games kind of fighting where they go in and they battle and then they get a prize these kids they fight and if they win they fight again and they fight again until they die and there's no way out like gladiators um, 
Yeah, they're 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 ridiculously crazed gladiators because they're raised. This is their whole life. They have no other knowledge of anything else, um, and they're taught a few rules which are very basic. And one of them is no weapons. If if somebody if a spectator throws a sword at your feet, you don't touch it because you won't just be killed. You'll be taken out and killed very 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 painfully um and this one girl uh they're all all these kids are called dogs the arenas are called the kennels and the kids are called dogs and this girl she's about to die in the in the arena in the kennel and somebody throws a knife at her feet and she picks it up and not only wipes out everybody else that's left but when they try and shoot her in the stomach she literally deflects the bullet and cuts it in half with her knife. Um, and it, it turns out it's a super cool scene. And, um, it turns out that she's what's called a greater gift. One in a thousand people in this kingdom are born with magic and one in a thousand of them are born with specific high levels of magic and they're called greater gifts. And they are given a choice no matter who they are or what they're doing. When they're discovered, they're plucked out of their world and given the choice to be either an assassin for the empire or to die and so this girl becomes goes from being a dog with with no family and no attachments to being one of the most powerful people in this world trained to kill anyone who would overthrow or send problems to the emperor um so it's got a lot of really cool stuff in it and there's sorcery and magic and and um I write this women. Is an awesome, world fairly created, dude. It, yeah, it's it's, it's really fun. Super it really cool. is. Yeah, acrophobic person inside of me is screaming about those. <laughs> angle clouds. Like, I just, you know, let me down, let me down. But yeah. well, you know what's fun about it is that I wanted to have like sort of a steampunk vibe to it, almost in certain ways. And so the people in this world, they have guns and they have blimps and they even have cars, um, but they're all powered by magic. So instead of an internal combustion engine you have um one of the kinds of magic you you can have is to be a push and they have literally the power to imbue things to move with self-locomotion so a push will uh enchant a vehicle and it'll move by itself and it's called an auto car and they do something similar um the guns aren't fired with with gunpowder. The bullets are each enchanted separately by a powerful push so that when the gun opens, it basically just lets them out and they fly whatever direction they've been pointed. Um, and so you have a, a, a powderless gun. And it, so it was really fun coming up with not just an, a, a universe of magic, but also a technological uh, advancement based on those magics, which is, which is neat. I mean, if, if you could make fire out of your fingers, people wouldn't just be like, Oh, that's a cool trick. Do the fire thing again. Like you would find ways to use it. Yeah. Well, that, that also changes and kind of makes things interesting for like forensic science. How do you determine someone fired a gun at someone and killed them? Because now you don't have that gunpowder residue. Yes. It, everything is very different. And, and, and you're exactly right. Like the way they look at the world has changed because if you think about it, at the top of a mountain or even five huge mountains, it's a closed ecosystem. Yeah. So where do they come up with food? How do they deal with space issues? Um, how do they raise themselves without a knowledge of the outside world? And all of those are touched on in the book. Um, so the world building was, was tons of fun, but beyond that, um, you know, I am, I do write a lot of horror. And one of the things that's always horrified me the most of anything else is, 
these stories where you kids in primarily in African nations that are that are kidnapped from their parents and they're put in a group of other kids who are all brainwashed and taught to kill and and they could be doing vile and reprehensible things, but that's the life that they that they are taught is the proper way to live. And um, the main character of this book, whose name she, each person with a huge talent like this is given a name reflective of their talent, and her name is Sword. And Sword is essentially put in that same situation. She had nothing in the kennels, and now she has power, she has magic, and she has a family. She has these other assassins who truly do love her, and the fact that they're doing vile, reprehensible things doesn't really even hit her until halfway through the book. Wow. This is a young adult book, I feel like. I feel like it's much more complicated than that. And I feel also like if it was made into a film, it could not be a. Well, you know, how long is the book? I mean, uh, I, I don't know if it's finished yet, but how long would it be? It, it is finished. It's out now. It's about six hundred pages. Okay, that's a good, that's a good um, book. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like a so I don't have to ask you. Well, I don't have to ask yeah, yeah, if everybody's read awesome. it yet. Well, the thing with young adult books is they're not really young adult anymore. A lot of young adult books. The reason they're set that is because of the main character. The main character is a teenager, and so that's what kind of signifies that. And young adult is selling because both adults and you know, teenagers and that are reading. Well, I do so. think it's evolved from yeah. the Twilight, you know, era and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Because I mean, Jess and I, we've she's been really clamoring over movies like Divergent yeah. and and uh, well, those are yeah, those are young, those are all young like adult. That. Harry right. Potter's young adult. Yeah. even Harry Potter was pretty dark towards the end. Yeah, yeah well, lately, okay, it's been yeah. really entertaining the storytelling. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, it's not this bullcrap that I had to sit through once before. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think they're, tra- they're actually starting to realize that uh, the teenage life is not as simple yeah. as. The movie the whiny, goers, the whiny but, yeah. Bella that's waiting for her vampire to yeah, bite her neck. Well, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not well, here's the thing. I think is that you know, young adult. It, it does mean there are certain parameters. Like I described, there's a lot of people that are killed in the Sword Chronicles, the book that I'm talking about, um, and I don't describe them in the same way that I would in a horror novel because that's that's not part of what I'm doing in a young adult. Um, but if you think about what kids have gone through and what they continue to go through through the ages i mean you know children grow up in nazi death camps they've done that and survived and it changes who they are but the idea that you have to sell like a watered down story just because you're talking to younger people even i wrote a a middle grade story called the billy saga um it's a series and the last book in the series the first line is um, the third time Billy Jones died, the whole world died with him. And by the end of the book, I have killed off literally everybody in the whole book, in the whole world. And my wife, I told her what I was going to do before I started. And she was like, this is a kid's book. You can't write that. And I, my response was, I have to be careful how I write it. But kids are capable of handling this. Absolutely. I think the, the kids even, you know, I mean, yeah, they've in the past, they've gone through a lot of stuff and they've been able to overcome great obstacles. But today, you know, as sad as it is, you know, there's a lot of exposure to stuff like that. And I 
not that it makes it okay, but at the same time, you know, kids can handle that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that they're opening their arms more to the more complicated storytelling and stuff like that. Even Star Wars and stuff that was meant for kids get embraced by children, even though the concepts and, and the storytelling character progression and everything is much more, you know, over their heads, what you would think would be over their heads. Well, not that. Yeah. Totally fine. Not that with social media and everything like that. Everything's pretty much at their fingertips now. Yeah. So yeah. they have access to all this, so it's not like, you know, like when I was a kid, it was kind of hush. You didn't really know because there wasn't really access to it. You were a kid. You got home from school. You ran out, played with your friends. You didn't have your phone that was dinging every 30 seconds that's showing you the next news article <laughs> or anything like that. You didn't have to hide the magazines under your mattress. No, you, you got some of the internet, you man. Yeah. Change things. Yeah, you yes. just lost your phone for a little bit. You know, it's it's interesting because like I think I think we do have a responsibility to kids to be careful with what we give them because whatever we give them is going to impact them. Oh, yeah. Um so like my kids, they have a very limited set of things that they watched growing up and it wasn't like we were trying to be restrictive parents just we said these are things that will allow you to have a childhood without having to grow up immediately and it's important to have a childhood and and then as they grow you know we offer them more opportunities and sometimes they don't take them my kids that you know none of them are ever going to read my books i'm almost certain because that's just not the kind of people they are um except for i mean the horror movies or books is what i'm talking about my my son just read the sword chronicles for the third time and it's been out all of a month um so we have to be careful what we're giving to them because we have a responsibility yes it's available everywhere and that's really sad like you know, I had to have sit down and have a talk with my son about stuff he might see on the computer when he was 10. And I was just so physically nauseated at that reality. It was really upsetting. Um, but what we do choose to give them, they're capable of receiving with a lot more subtlety and a lot more depth than I think a lot of us give them credit for. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, my son was doing a report on the White House. He's like, oh, I'm going to go look up WhiteHouse.com. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> Let me yep. do a search for you. Yep. Um, so, but I mean, they are definitely, they, it's, there's a lot of stuff that's not safe. Um, but I think they're also receptive to a lot of stuff that, I mean, there's a lot of darker stories that when presented in a different manner, yeah. doesn't seem mm-hmm. that, you know, like, like uh, scarring or anything like that to a child, you know, they learn something from it. You know, yeah. a series that a lot of kids that I grew up with really loved was Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you really sit down and think about the story, it is very dark. Oh, it is a dark oh, story. Oh, it totally yeah. is. Yeah. But the way it's Absolutely. presented, you know, it helps teach a kid about, you know, growing up and, and gaining new responsibilities mm-hmm. and making the difficult choices yeah. and they present in yeah. a way where it helps them rather than hinders them. Well, even even the Legend of Korra, the this, the series right after that, mm-hmm. was, it just still had that dark undertone and a lot of things. I mean, they brought it, they brought in the the blood bending, mm-hmm. and so and kids love that, but they do pick up on those tones. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I guess I'm in in the doghouse. One of my my daughters actually set looked at me the other day. She goes, "You know, Dad, when I turn eighteen, I can read those books." And she pointed at Michael Brent's books because <laughs> she loves horror books. And I keep saying, "No, you can't read those. No, you're not allowed to read those." And she finally has figured it out in her head. When she turns eighteen, she can read those. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. How old is she? She is twelve. So I've got a few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. she's. I mean, she's already. She's already gone through all the Goosebump books, and I mean, oh she loves gosh. horror novels. That's and she rad. Loves that type of stuff. Me give, too. Give her hooked. Okay. That's um. Do you know what that one's about? Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, that one's, I'll tell your listeners because it's awesome. That one is about uh, a girl. I wrote it as an anti-Twilight. It's about a girl who grows up in a really bad part of town in the project. She's beaten up every day. And one day this beautiful guy comes into her life, into school, sweeps her up off her feet. And the problem is he wants to kill her because he is Peter Pan from Neverland. He is a vampire, and he has come to destroy her, the great-great-great-granddaughter of the original Wendy, because he does that to every single Wendy in the line. And the only person who can possibly help her is James Hook, Vampire Hunter. Yep. Wow! Yeah, I want to read that. such a good concept. <laughs> I am so pissed at Hollywood for rebooting the same stuff for years and years and years when there's stories like this out there. Oh, <laughs> the Lost Boys are actually Lost Boys. No, well, and in, you know vampires. the cool thing. Yeah. The cool thing. The cool thing about the story too is like whenever you do a, uh, a retelling, it sort of exists in a, in a separate universe. Like we're going to retell Cinderella. Only nobody's ever heard of Cinderella. It's just it's reality here. Yeah. And in, in uh, Hook, it's called Hook, the true fairy tale. And one of the things that's fun about it is the book Peter Pan, Peter and Wendy, exists. It's actually in this world. And the girl who's the main character at one point goes and reads it as sort of a roadmap of what's happening. And it turns out Peter wrote it. And he wrote it so that little kids, when they saw a face floating at their window, would invite him in. Because that's what you have to do for a vampire. That's crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Don't yeah. be surprised when you when you go online and you see that Siege Films made a fan book trailer. Because, <laughs> oh my God. Well, no, I, I really like when they take stories like this and they put a supernatural twist or something that makes us a... Okay, we now know why this boy flies around and is always young, doesn't mm-hmm. age, and he's looking... He's pulling kids out of their their rooms well, yeah he needs to eat uh, yep that's it you know but, but then it's putting that twist where you know everyone sees captain hook as the villain but really he's the savior in a way yeah and and another you know this is why i actually i do recommend it for parents who are looking something for for something for their female children because in the end she the girl in the book is a little bit uh she hasn't made up her own mind she needs saving but they, by the end of it, she's not someone who's going to throw herself off a cliff if a boy breaks up with her. By the end of it, she realizes she has control over her destiny and who she is going to be. And that is what saves the book. Wow. I would love to make the movie too only I have um I've pitched it numerous times this kills me because I get a lot of uh that is freaking fantastic I'm editing for content that is freaking fantastic Twilight ruined the market for this for the next 20 years yeah uh Oh, no. No, 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 no. I would love this. They they would, but unfortunately... And I would shoot it in a way more like dark. Like really, really, really dark and not tweeny at all. Like it would be creepy. Okay, and that's exactly... No, 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 no. That's exactly the thing, because as soon as you shoot it for tweens, you've ruined it. What you do is you shoot a good movie, Mm -hmm. and the tweens will love it. Yeah. And everybody else will. But as soon as you're like, we're going to just write something that 
that falls into this thin funnel of young adultiness, uh, it disappears. It's so, so fungible. Like anything yeah. can replace it. And, and so you end up with something that is a craze and then everybody hates it two years later, like Twilight. And I mean, I don't have. What if we do it in claymation? Oh, totally. <laughs> I would pay for that. Well, no, I mean, Aragon, they did that. They went in thinking, oh, let's make it for the teens. They hosed the entire story so they could never yep. make a sequel. Yep. And, 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 they, and they managed one of the most incredible feats of all time, which is they made a movie in which I could not stand watching Jeremy Irons. I mean, I that guy, you could set him up in the middle of a park with nothing happening and have him just make vowel sounds, and I would listen to it. But I couldn't watch it. Yep, and now he's coming back as Alfred in the new. That is freaking rad. Uh, you know, it, it's we've got we've had Michael Caine as Alfred, and now Jeremy Irons as Alfred, and that's the only reason that you know uh, Ben Affleck as Batman can be tolerable. <laughs> he looks really good in the suit. I think he does. We'll have to see what happens. I, yeah, I'm a I'd, huge Marvel kid, so yeah, I mean, yeah. yes, I watched Batman. I did read the yeah. comics and stuff like that. But I gotta tell you, you know, out of all the Batman movies I've seen, I'm most excited for the visual concept of this Batman. Yeah, because this one yeah. definitely so, has the visual concept. Yeah, he's very much the Dark Knight. My only problem with the whole thing is that Zack Snyder has never met a movie he couldn't direct into the most horrible mess of a story. He's just he he made Dawn of the Dead, which was a good movie, but everything else that he's ever directed has been gorgeous and stupid. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's some movies that I would call comfort movies. As a yeah. filmmaker, I understand it's poop. But yeah. as a person, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it because it makes me feel good. But at the same time, you know, that's why I'm not super excited about Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I to be, but I did not like Man of Steel. I walked Dude, they, they fundamentally misunderstood everything about Superman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And and the guy who wrote it, I've met the guy who wrote it a couple times. He's a nice guy. And, and the thing that pisses me off the most is he knows better than that. This was them going for edgy. And that's yeah. DC. DC has carved out this edgy mar airy niche. Marvel, Marvel has like the fun niche. And even rated R Deadpool is is a silly fun kind of a feel. And so DC is sitting there going like we're gonna be comic books for grown ups and that means we have to be edgy and suck. Well, I mean that's how they've always been. It's, I really wish that, that they learned a thing or two from what the TV shows have accomplished because it yeah. has that really good balance. I mean, it is a yeah. little bit edgy, but at the yeah. same time, it's fun like a comic book. It's exciting mm -hmm. like a comic book. Well, Dude, I love the Flash. Oh, oh yeah, it's great. Gosh. Yes. I just want to stand up and cheer. Like he's such a, it's such a good hero, and he's got real problems. And you know, his freaking dad's in jail when it starts out. You know, he's uh, he's he's in love with his best friend who doesn't know he exists, and all this stuff happening. Yeah. That's real dramatic stuff. But at the end of the day, at the end of the show, I'm like, dude, I want to be Flash when I grow up. Yeah, no kidding. I never really thought the Flash was that cool. And well, yeah. and I now the show is yeah. like, it's awesome. Well, and I like the Arrow, yeah. too. The Arrow is really good. My only problem with the Arrow is Batman with Green Arrow. I mean, literally, he has all of Batman's villains. He has all of Batman's problems. He has yeah. a bat cave. Or an arrow cave. I mean, it's literally is Batman. I mean, well, point they even brought in anarchy from. You know, Batman is just a ripoff of the Shadow. It is. It is. So you know, it's not whether you rip it off; it's whether you steal it yeah. and improve it. 
I yeah. think since the beginning of time, artists have been influenced from influenced from other artists and stuff yeah. like that. So Batman's a prime example of a good way to be influenced yeah. and create your own. Yeah. Team. But there yeah. are some really bad examples yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 I thought. See, I I thought Arrow. I watched it a little while. I didn't get into it simply because uh, he was so angsty. It was anytime I can picture the main character's face on a nine hundred two one zero reboot poster, I just. <laughs> I totally give up on it, and that's maybe that shout like reverse shallow of me, but it's well, the way it it's, is. It's not. I mean, honestly, the Green Arrow as a character in the comic books, he's a freaking guy that runs around in an Arrow Flynn Robin Hood costume, shooting out yeah. throws with giant fists yeah. on the he's end. He's got more of a Spider-Man like sense of humor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, but now they had to make him more likable by making him that darker, grittier Batman-ish type character because you can't sell that. I mean, yeah. You just can't oh, sell that as that character. You know, here's the thing that pissed me off, though. It's like the first couple episodes I wanted to go, I get it. He does parkour. He's rad. Move on. <laughs> and then we got 14 hours of training at the gym. I know. Like, look like, at my I'm abs. Now I'm gonna, look yeah. at my abs. Now I'm going to jump over stuff because arrow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the show. I haven't finished it yet. I got way into Gotham. Way yes, into Gotham's Gotham. awesome. And I want to watch Arrow because I feel like it'll help complete. Yeah, Gotham. that's why I want to yeah. watch. And it. that's really sad. But that's kind of the only reason I want to watch it too. It was right. a little, for me, it was a little too. It was it's a like, little too at first. See, and, and that's the problem. I only watched like the first five or six episodes, but it felt a lot like. The show, uh, I think it's called like Revenge or something. It felt it like felt like other CW shows. Yeah, before. yes, it, yes, it, yes. It, it, I don't know. It was just like I was so sick and tired of seeing ridiculous rich family drama that I cared nothing about. Yeah, I, know. I could not relate in any way. Well, My mother I, was I, having I, an I affair have, or... <laughs> well, he, he lost all... Better. Well, yeah, I, I mean, he lost but. all... His mom died. He loses all of his money. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, my like God. season three, sorry. I don't know. What season I'm on season yeah, three. I'm it's on season four right now. <laughs> I'm on episode five of season one. So uh, all you okay. left with are his so world-class athletics and a body yeah, and there's that a lot anyone would die to have. In fact, he, the Flash just showed up in the, the latest episode as well. Yeah, so. and that, again, that's why I want to complete it. Also, because I'm a huge Deathstroke fan. That's why I want to watch it, but you know, it's it starts off really slow, and I it's still slow for me at the end of the first season. So I don't know when it'll pick up, but I'm hoping it does. But we'll see, we'll see. We have Flash till then. The new the, the new season yes. is picked up back up again, and it's fantastic. Well, not only that, there's also a special out for the new DC Heroes of Tomorrow, which looks amazing. Yeah, I don't know about that either. Well. It, it has potential. It has some worrisome. I know the second season is up in the air, whether that's going to be renewed. But, I mean, they've yeah. got a cool cloaking spaceship that they get to travel through time. So they're bouncing all cool. over through the past to try to hunt yeah. down Vandal Savage and defeat him. And I, I, I'm very optimistic about the show because of the way they've set up the characters yeah. in the other shows. Because I like those characters a lot. Yeah. The problem I'm having is, is it going to take those characters away from the shows that I like them in already? With the chemistry of the characters that they already have. Like, Maybe. Well, I mean, really the only characters that I mean they've pulled side characters so the Adam yeah. is going to be in there Hawkman Hawk Woman uh, the White Canary which was Sarah Lance and then you have Captain Cold and Heat Wave and I think one other one I can't think of at the moment so they're not really integral to the Flash or the, the Arrow storyline right um, but I mean the one cool thing I was watching this uh, in the promo is the, this guy his name is Rip something he comes he's like I've seen Men of Steel break and Dark Knights fall 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That and was that cool. Just, that is a really cool line. He's like, yeah. you know, we have to defeat Vandal Savage. I mean, I My, think what's holding me back right now is that I'm so worried that it's not going to get renewed for a second season that I don't want to... And then you're going to be invested. You know, yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, man. It's going to be like a tear yeah. over a fire. You know, my, my big problem with it so far... The problem I've had is with the aesthetic. I mean, because there comes a point where if you get, if you want to get any bigger, you've got to do it with a movie. You've got to spend a hundred to two hundred million dollars on two hours, and they look like they're trying to achieve similar effects with a much more limited budget. And and at some point, it just seems like somebody handed a kid with a really good notebook from, uh, you know, like a, an iPad Air. <laughs> Here's a million dollars. <laughs> Do the best you can, you yeah. know, and and that always bugs me because it's it's what I call the Doctor Who effect because like my family loves Doctor Who and I go and watch it and I can't hear anything that's happening. All I can see is backgrounds that look like they were made by my high school drama class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, especially in the older stuff, the older oh, stuff is really yeah. bad. The newer yeah. stuff is a lot better, but uh, you know, it's. I mean, even Star Wars has that kind of effect. I mean, how many times why watching the first, the original trilogy, can you spot parts of IG-88 scattered throughout the scenes? Yeah, I mean, but but at the same time, you know, yeah, that the first time you saw it, it was cutting edge, so it's like, yeah. it wows you. And that's the thing, is they're trying to, you, you touched it exactly, they're trying to wow us with backgrounds and, and that's what they're showing on the trailers and the commercials, the cool look of everything and I'm sitting here going like I don't have a real feel for who these people are yeah. other than that they're all together and they like it. it's like it's like a superhero meet cute it doesn't matter to me emotionally yeah, yeah. well I mean it's exactly what they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they yeah. wowed us and everything with all these scenes and then when the actual series hit everyone is kind of let down because we did yeah. see superheroes mm-hmm. it took several episodes for us to finally even feel like there was a storyline and it took yeah. Winter Soldier to come out for us to go oh there is an arc here yep. um, but then again those are tied to all the movies and so half the time we're lo- really confused until a movie comes out and then yeah. everything makes sense I, yeah but you don't, you don't want to be the because I feel like CW has figured out a formula that really works oh, yeah. for the DC yeah. characters but I, the, again I agree with, uh, with Michael because I feel like it's kind of hard to do that when you've got seven or eight main characters yes. that you're pushing out yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And sure, yeah. maybe there's a way to tell each of, of their stories, you know, and not feel like it's dragging or whatever. But at the same time, that seems really difficult. I don't know how they would yeah. approach that. And, you know, it's it's funny because when, like when Buffy the Vampire Slayer started, it was Buffy, it was Xander, and it was Willow, and that was it. And then as the series grew, you got Cordelia, you got the Seth Green boyfriend character, you got Anya, you got all these other people that were really cool. So at the end, you had a dozen main characters, but it worked because it was sort of a process of accretion. It grew out of a much smaller thing. And even then, the risk was, and the problem that I had with it a lot of the time was like, I want to see more of Xander. I want to see more of Anya. Ugh, why do we have to watch this character for five minutes? You know, and, and it, it gets really unwieldy. And so to start out without a real emotional attachment with an unwieldy format, I think that's really, they're going to have trouble with this. Yeah, I mean, literally. I mean, to me, it feels like the Justice League in time. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a time-traveling Justice League, so... It's Doctor Who League. Yes. yes. <laughs> but maybe, I guess we'll see. Maybe but. we'll have a robot that yells exterminate a lot. I don't know. It's Cyborg. He's just, he's Ooh, just trying it's to Cyborg. find his... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. Or when he goes evil and becomes the grid. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What do they call him from Doctor Who? The the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. He's looking for his identity. Okay. Go ahead and let him do that for like three episodes. Three episodes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> I mean, how many of us had doubts when Flash came out? I, I'm 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 with you. I'm. I, yeah. I did. And, and the funny thing is, the first second that I saw Barry, like just the first second, literally, mm-hmm. I was like, he's too scrawny. He's too awkward. He's mm-hmm. too. I hated. Uh, what's her name? Iris. Iris hated mm-hmm. Her. Mm-hmm. hated her. But then, about fifteen minutes in, I was like, "This kid is perfect." Yeah. I mean, this, the Flash is perfect. I mean, yeah. literally, it really is. It hits the yeah. beats. It hits the character is spot on. Yep. The way they do the show is just it's. Oh, I mean, that, and that's Cisco. It is. Cisco is like my favorite yeah. thing in the whole world. You know, and, Flash. You did know, something the Arrow really messed up on was that like. It took forever for the Arrow to get interesting. Yeah. With me, Flash, the very first episode, oh, I was like, you were in. is it Tuesday yet? Yeah. Dude, as soon as the, the, <laughs> first time he, the first time he opened his mouth, I was like, okay. And then the first time he ran, that is a great TV effect. It's not trying to you know, make a universe explode. It was really subtle, and it's just you see the world flashing by really cool. And the moment where he's running through the train that's flipping over and little moments like that I mean just right now I'm like grinning hugely because it's such a great effect and in fact I was watching it with my son and I totally ruined the moment because I whip over to him I go holy crap did you see that that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> I think it all comes down to the, the storytelling as well they executed that story perfectly well, and I yes. think there's some TV shows that like me and Jessica are huge fans of Battlestar Galactica yes. and the effects suck <laughs> a lot of things about that show suck. But the story is so good, you really don't care. The Flash has good effects. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Did you, you not watch? Did you not watch the original Battlestar Galactica? No. no. Jessica got me into the series, and I took one look at the old one. And I was like, maybe if I'm okay with the new one, I'll give that a shot. Go back, go back and watch the old Battlestar Galactica. All the effects you saw in the new one, you'll be so so grateful. Oh, for. seriously. Really? Yeah. yeah. Although yeah, you know what? Practically back then, right? Oh yeah. There, I mean, yeah. way to make us want to watch it. Dude. I mean, it's literally like it, it's like watching old fifties episode of Star Trek. You know, yeah. cardboard, you know, plywood no. sets with lights blinking. <laughs> the yeah. effects, the effects are really bad, and it's very dated. Like I loved it when it came out, but but even I tried to watch it a couple years ago, and I was like, no. But the one thing about it that that the new one ha- did not have was Starbuck. Yeah. Dirk Benedict, Dirk Benedict face man as Starbuck was untouchable. Oh yeah. Well, and th- you, you can't, you know, repeat that magic. So they went the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. I liked yeah. Katie Sack. I mean, I don't have something I to reference. Yeah. No, she was good. She just, but you know, put her on one side and Starbuck on another. Yeah, and be so like, one it. of you is going to be on a battleship with, with me for the next you know, until we, until we're all dead, I'd be all yeah. Starbuck, he plays he plays way better poker. He is he's got, got amazing out of his mouth. He's got yeah. amazing hair right there, uh, and plus I got to be able to get at least one or two of the women he misses. Yeah. All right. So we're running out of time. <laughs> A much shorter show. It's it's crazy. But where can our listeners find your books, especially the Sword Chronicles. 
Um, the easiest way to do it is just to go on Amazon.com and type in the word Michael Brent, all one word. Uh, my last name is Collings, but I, literally there's my first name is weird enough that if you type it on the internet, you're going to get me. There is, there, there is a guy named Michael Space Brent, and he's an underwear model. So nice. if you get, if <laughs> you get like a picture of this fabulously good looking guy without any clothes on, that's not me. <laughs> I was actually wondering. It could be that sexy voice you did earlier and the fact you've already told us that you work in your underwear, you know. Yeah, no, I don't, I totally I, I couldn't really, pass it off. Keep fighting I really, I couldn't pass it you off. You can do it. <laughs> I really need I really need to manage expectations here. Okay. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is go to a Comic Con and have somebody be like, "Where's Michael Brandt?" I'll be like, "I'm him." You lie! And then like, they set fire Aww. to me. <laughs> we had that happen with a celebrity last year. We were so disappointed. <laughs> we walked away. <laughs> Oh, what did Kim Kardashian think of that? Uh, you know, she was pretty upset, made a scene. <laughs> As she does. Oh, All right. Poor you, Kim. You can find any of Michael Brent's books. Just go online, do a Google search for Michael Brent. Uh, you can even add callings if you need to, but you don't need to. Uh, you can find him on Amazon. You can go to his website. Books are everywhere. Uh... It's, yeah, seriously, horror that sounds mo- awesome. This, this <laughs> yeah, sounds great. The horror novels will scare the crap out of you. Literally, Woo-hoo! that is why we talk about poop jokes because That's right. it comes flying out of you. It will uh, scare you that uh, much. Okay. It's like a psychological enema. Yes. <laughs> there it is. And full circle. Yeah. Got to come back. So. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We're going to let you, you guys go join your family, and uh, I'll have uh, Daniel shoot me uh, uh, or shoot you my email. So yeah, send me awesome. Fucking screenplay whenever you yep. get a chance. That would be awesome. Cool beans. <laughs> Happy to. Dude, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll say you can read it. <laughs> we'll read it on the show. We'll be no. Out. <laughs> It loses something. You know, screenplays aren't like books. It's like, enter, person, walking forward, <laughs> stops. You know, it's, it's just not as cool. I read my wife enter, my screenplays bathroom. and I can, yeah, I, it's it's not exciting. Yeah. Don't do that you to people. You open the screenplay and it looks like someone just spit in it and there's nothing <laughs> <laughs> We call this show a psychological enema. That just sounds like a <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's the You should get a new, now. new logo. All right. We should do that. Psychological enema. That is the title of this episode, the psychological enema. I thought it was going to be nasty. <laughs> Just do an emo, the emojo poop thing. There you go. Man. Do the Deadpool poop yeah. thing. There you go. Oh, the skull man. poop. Because that's nerdy and gross. Yes. yes. There we go. Just like right. me. Well, thanks as always for coming on. Thanks, guys. It and was awesome. Everyone, go check out his, uh, go check out his website. Go to Amazon. Buy books because, well, we want to make Michael Brent be able to awesome. buy food for his kids and yeah. do other Woo-hoo. things. Like go to Hawaii without his friends. Mm. Hey, don't go there. <laughs> or, have a, <laughs> or have a solace room. Yes. That's not his there you room. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I prefer the term comfort space. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I'll see you guys. All right. All right have a Thanks. Great. Thanks have so much. And we're out. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans, for those of you that have been trying to find our show, guess what? We've moved! That's right, we've moved to another location. All you need to do is go into your search browser, if that's iTunes, Stitchers, or whatever you're using, and search for Dungeon Crawlers. You'll see the new logo. New and, logo. And be able to see dragon. all of our episodes, all of our latest episodes, as well as the old episodes. Probably right now, all you're seeing is the old ones and haven't seen any new content, so that's the best place to go. 
So once again, just remember, the, all you need to do is do a new search for us, Dungeon Crawlers, on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you're looking, and find the new episodes. We're putting out three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and they're only 30 minutes long. That means you can sit and listen to us during lunch and not have to wait till later. Yay! I remember, look for the brand new logo. It's the Silver and Red Dragon logo. That is the new channel. Lots of fun stuff on it. And also make sure you check us out on Facebook. We have a lot of contests always going. Sweet prizes. Sweet nude prizes. Nerd stuff, geek stuff. And check out our older, our older episodes on the new channel. We talk a lot of Star Wars, Pokemon, new movies, stuff like that. Pretty awesome. Yes, it's all there. Definitely.